Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Real Life. I'm Lisa, and today we are going to talk about what are our boundaries, why do we need them, and the seven types of boundaries that we need to put in place. And uh, just generally go over how to set boundaries with kindness. This podcast is not intended to replace therapy, counseling, or seeing a psychiatrist or a medical doctor. All information is researched and opinions are my own. I am a mental health registered nurse and professional content developer. So let's get started. What are boundaries? A boundary is an imaginary line that separates me from you. It separates your physical space, your feelings, needs, and responsibilities from others. Your boundaries also tell other people how they can treat you, what's acceptable and what isn't. Without boundaries, people may take advantage of you because you haven't set limits about how you expect to be treated. You can think of a boundary as a a property line. My friend Chris had a problem with his neighbor that perfectly illustrates how boundaries work. Chris's neighbor would come into his yard and bring Chris his newspaper from the driveway to his doorstep. She would pick a few of Chris's flowers along the way. And Chris felt annoyed but didn't say anything. Chris figured it wasn't worth making a stink over The neighbor probably assumed it was okay for her to move the paper and take a few flowers. Maybe she thought she was doing Chris a favor. Well, months passed like this, and Chris would sometimes find her neighbor's dog in his yard, and the dog was pooping on his grass and chased away the birds at his bird feeder. Still... Chris said nothing. He wanted to be a good neighbor. He didn't want a reputation for being difficult, and and he worried his neighbor might get angry at him if he told her to stay off his property. Finally, Chris came home one day to find the neighbor's kids playing in his yard, yelling, trampling the flowers, leaving empty juice boxes on his front step and throwing toys around like they owned the place. Understandably, Chris's blood was boiling at this point. Chris was responsible for not setting and enforcing the boundary. He allowed his neighbor to take advantage of his lack of boundaries. Certainly, It seems Chris's neighbor behaved badly. She is, of course, responsible for her own actions, her kids and her dog. Some behaviors are clearly wrong, but many, like the actions of Chris's neighbor, start out in the gray area, acceptable to some people and not acceptable to others. Chris's neighbor may or may not have known that Chris didn't like her picking the flowers. The point is, when you don't speak up and say that a boundary has been crossed, 
it gives the impression that you're okay with it. It would have been better for everyone if from the beginning, Chris had said, hey, neighbor, I'm sure you don't realize it, but I like to bring my own paper and uh, please don't pick the flowers in my yard. When a boundary is crossed, you need to provide feedback saying it's not okay. The boundary is worthless if you don't enforce it by giving feedback and consequences. So some people will easily accept the boundary and others will continue to challenge and escalate it. So if Chris's neighbor continued to violate the boundaries, he'd need to address it with her again. The specific consequences depend on the nature of the relationship and the history of the relationship. Now, Chris could build a 10-foot tall fortress around his house. This would definitely keep his neighbor away, but it would also keep out his friends and everyone else he wants to see. Chris needs a flexible boundary, like a fence with a gate that keeps unwanted people out while still allowing other people in. Why do we need boundaries? Well, like Chris, without boundaries, we're going to have dogs pooping all over our, our lawn. You've probably already experienced the human equivalent of this. Oh, also, boundaries allow us to be true to ourselves. Boundaries create a separateness that allows us to have our own feelings, make our, our own decisions, and know and ask for what we want without needing to please others. Plus, boundaries are a form of self-care. Healthy emotional boundaries mean we value our own feelings and needs, and we are not responsible for how others feel or behave. Boundaries allow us to get or to let go of worrying about how others feel and places accountability squarely with the individual. Boundaries also keep us from overextending ourselves. You can't take on every project work every shift, or be on every committee that you're asked to join. Boundaries mean saying no to things that don't align with your priorities. Boundaries also create realistic expectations. Whether it's with a friend, spouse, neighbor, or boss, relationships function best when we know what's expected. When you clearly communicate your boundaries, people know how they're expected to behave. When expectations aren't communicated and met, resentment and anger grow. Boundaries also create safety. Boundaries provide physical and emotional safety by keeping out what feels uncomfortable or hurtful. What prevents us from setting boundaries? 
Now that we've talked about what emotional boundaries look like and why we need boundaries, let's explore why we fail to set boundaries, even when we believe they're important. First thing that comes to mind is fear. It's scary to do something different. What are we actually afraid of? How likely is this to happen? What will happen if we set a boundary? What will happen if we don't? By asking ourselves these questions, we can give ourselves a reality check and find out if our fear is alerting us of real danger or just keeping us stuck. Can it be ambivalence? Similar to fear, ambivalence represents that we aren't 100% convinced that boundaries will solve our problem. Some ambivalence is fine. We don't need to be 100% sure before we act, that's for sure. Another thing is maybe we just don't know how to set boundaries. If someone grew up in a family without boundaries, they probably never saw anyone model or teach them healthy boundaries. Setting boundaries is a skill that can be learned. Could it be low self-worth? Some part of a person feels unworthy or, or unlovable. Therefore, they always struggle to prove their worth by putting other people's needs before their own. You're not, maybe they're just not used to being treated with respect, so they don't even know what it looks like. Or they may have difficulty setting boundaries because they're just people-pleasing. They don't want to ruffle feathers. They don't want to disappoint people. Uh, They pretty much avoid conflict at all costs. The truth is that setting limits can disrupt relationship systems. We will probably get resistance. Sometimes this resistance isn't as bad as we imagined. Other times there is a real danger. If you think that setting a boundary will put you in serious harm, please get help. One such resource is the National Domestic Violence Hotline at one 800 Seven nine nine Like most things, setting boundaries becomes easier with practice. It takes time to gain confidence and learn new skills. And it takes time for others to adjust to the new boundaries. Now, there are seven types of of boundaries that we need to make sure are in place. And the most, these seven boundaries 
are one way to identify your boundaries. Well, let, let's start over. One way to identify your boundaries is to think about the areas of your life where you're experiencing problems. Do you, do you constantly feel exhausted? Do you feel uncomfortable around your coworker, a specific coworker? Do you feel resentful of uh, someone's intrusions? Each of these problems is telling you that you're lacking boundaries in this area of your life. So there's seven common types of boundaries. Understanding each type can help us clarify the specific boundaries that we need. So the first is a physical boundary. Physical boundaries protect our space and body, our right to not be touched, to have privacy, and to meet our physical needs such as resting or eating. They tell others how close they can get to us, what kind of physical touch, if any, is okay, and how much privacy we need, and how to behave in our personal space. A physical boundary clearly defines that our body and personal space belong to us. So some examples are when someone sits uncomfortably close to you, you move away or say, I need a little more personal space. Uh, sexual boundaries. Sexual boundaries protect our right to consent, to ask for what we like sexually, and to honesty about your partner's sexual history. They define what kind of sexual touch and intimacy we want, how often, when, where, and with whom. Examples would be, I'd like to be touched like this, or Clark has a personal policy of not having sex on the first date. Then we go into emotional or mental boundaries. Emotional or mental boundaries protect our right to have our own feelings and thoughts, to not have our feelings criticized or invalidated, and not to have to take care of other people's feelings. Emotional boundaries differentiate our feelings from other people's. So our accountability, I guess we're accountable for our own feelings, but not responsible for how others feel. Emotional boundaries also allow us to create emotional safety by respecting each other's feelings, not oversharing personal information that's inappropriate for the nature or level of closeness in the relationship. Uh, examples, I don't, you would say, I don't feel comfortable discussing this, or I feel embarrassed and powerless when you chastise me in front of our kids. I'd like you to stop. According to Sharon Martin, licensed clinical social worker, boundaries are guidelines and expectations that we set in relationships. Boundaries help both parties understand how to behave, 
what behavior is acceptable and what won't be tolerated. Next is spiritual or religious boundaries. Spiritual boundaries protect our right to believe in what we want, worship as we wish, and practice our spiritual or religious beliefs. Examples would be, I'm going to take a moment and say a silent prayer before we eat. Or Paul may go to church alone because his partner doesn't share his beliefs. That's okay. Number five, financial and material boundaries. Financial and material boundaries protect us. Well, they protect our financial resources and possessions, our right to spend our money as we choose to not give or loan our money or possessions if we don't want to. And our right to be paid by an employer as agreed. Examples, someone might say, I'm on a budget, so I brought my lunch from home and won't be ordering lunch today. That's fine. Or please don't borrow my car without asking. Number six, we have time boundaries. Time boundaries protect how we spend our time. They protect us from agreeing to do things we don't want to do, having people waste our time and being overworked. Examples would be someone saying, I reserve my evenings for family time. I'll respond to all work emails first thing in the morning. Or, hey, dad, I don't have time to take you shopping this week. I'll place an order for you with the grocery delivery service. And seven, non-negotiable boundaries. Non-negotiable boundaries are deal breakers, things that we absolutely must have in order to feel safe. They usually pertain to safety issues such as physical violence, emotional abuse, drug or alcohol use, fidelity, and life-threatening health issues. Some examples would be someone saying, Mom, if you don't install a fence around your pool, my children will not be able to come to your house. Or someone saying, Infidelity is a deal breaker for me, and I will not continue in this relationship if you cheat on me. We all need some non-negotiable boundaries, but we also need to be careful that we don't put too many of our boundaries into this category. If a non-negotiable boundary is going to have any meaning, you have to be willing to follow through on it. It's counterproductive to set non-negotiable boundaries that you don't enforce. After discussing the seven types of boundaries, I hope you gain greater clarity about the boundaries you need to set. And I would encourage you to write them down so that you can hold yourself accountable for creating boundaries to protect yourself, maintain or establish your individuality, and ensure that you use your time, energy, 
and resources for what matters most to you. Okay, the, the next thing we're going to discuss quickly is how to set boundaries with kindness. Uh, let's begin by remembering that setting boundaries kindly doesn't ensure that others won't get angry. You can't control how other people respond to your request. However, using these communication tips can reduce the likelihood that others will respond angrily. Number one, keep the focus on your feelings and needs. Setting a boundary is about communicating what you need and expect. In the process, it may be important to gently call out someone's hurtful behavior, but that shouldn't be the focus. Focusing on what someone has done wrong is likely to make them defenses. Instead, lead with how you feel and what you need. Be direct. Sometimes in an effort to be kind, we're wishy-washy and don't clearly ask for what we want or need. Be specific. Ask for exactly what you want or need. Specify, I'm sorry, specificity makes it easier for the other person to understand your perspective and what you're asking for. Use a neutral tone of voice. Your tone of voice may be even more important than your choice of words. So pay attention to how you're saying it as much as what you're saying. Try to avoid yelling, sarcasm, cursing, and other signs of anger or contempt. This turns people off from your message. They stop listening and start defending. Choose the right time. Avoid the temptation to impulsively say things without considering whether the timing is right. Also, consider the other person's needs. When you're setting boundaries with someone you care about, you may also want to consider their needs. In other words, sometimes compromise is appropriate. Real compromise is important in relationships, but be mindful that you're not the only one com compromising and that you're not giving up what's most important to you. People pleasers have a tendency to concede rather than compromise, which is why we need boundaries. I appreciate you being with me today. This is Real Life. This is Lisa. Stay well.